Do you ever see those clickbait lists online? They're usually titled 101 films you have to see before you die. They pop up every once in a while. But tell the truth, how many have you actually seen? These movies are so ingrained in the fabric of modern pop culture through references and homages that you'd be forgiven for thinking that you'd actually seen them. So why not join me, Sam, a self-confessed cinephile who currently works in the film and television industry and even went to university to study film and TV. The only issue is, I've not seen many films. And me, Joel, a man who likes films a lot but is constantly described by his friends as overly anal and picky. But I'll let you decide. Each week, we will break down and review a different film, from zany cult classics to what many describe as cinematic masterpieces. Do these films deserve the legacy they've been given, or are they just overrated, bloated rubbish? Let's find out, as this week we discuss Rocky. This is a 1001 Movies We Have Not Seen. Rocky, the 1976 film directed by John G. Alverston. Written and starring Sylvester Stallone, I should say. He wrote it? He wrote it in three days, Joel. Well, to be fair. You can tell. (laughs) There isn't a huge amount of plot. (laughs) (laughs) And some of the dialogue is questionable. Oh, yeah. There's bits that have aged well, and there's bits that haven't. Have not at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get into them we'll as get, they come we'll up. Get, we'll get onto that. I'll, I'll, I'll get into the plot. But before I, before I do, I was looking forward to this one uh, because for some reason, I have watched Creed One and Creed Two, but not a single Rocky film. That's interesting. I, I really enjoyed Creed 1 and Creed 2, mainly because I didn't realise it had anything to do with Rocky because I'd never seen a Rocky film. Isn't Rocky in the Creed films? He is, yeah. He is. And he, I, I mean, fair play. I, I assume they they do such a... Because I've seen the Creed films. I've seen Creed 1 and 2, I should say. Yeah. And I've been... Because Rocky is such a powerhouse of pop culture... And he's referenced mm. so long, and it's been around for like fifty years at this point. I've been, I was aware of sort of the source material and sort of the references, yeah, so exactly. I knew who Rocky was. So I, yeah, I wonder if they do such a good job of soft rebooting in Creed. They give you all the information you need. You just need to know that he was a boxer who's past his prime. I assume in Creed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really enjoyed the Creed films. I thought they were excellent. I'd also seen Keith Lemon and Paddy McGuinness did a TV show on ITV where they recreated some of the best films of all time. I think it was called like the Keith and Paddy Picture Show or something like that. So I've seen their Rocky picture show without actually watching Rocky, which is a bit of a travesty, but now I have seen it. Um... So I did, every time Rocky said Adrian, I did laugh. I won't lie. But then I knew about Adrian. I th- Adrian. That, that is something that has, is referenced so much in pop culture. And that is, yeah. that's the whole point of this podcast. You, you see yeah. these shows that reference them and homage them, but you've never actually sat down and watched the original like source. 
which is, mm-hmm. as you put it, a travesty. Like, yeah, yeah. People should be watching this stuff because it is referenced so heavily. I didn't realize how old this film was. Yeah. 1975, 1976? 1976. So it was shot in I would, 75. Oh, I thought it was going to be like late 80s. No, I think... Um, so this was 76. It had its first sequel in 79. And then I, th- I think the popular Rocky films, which are like 3, 4, and 5, mm-hmm. are peak 80s. And like that's they're the Rocky films that people go back and watch, and they're the uh, ones with the iconography. Um, I'm saying that as someone who hasn't seen them, but whose mum is a big fan of the Rocky films, um, and was shocked that I hadn't seen the original Rocky or any of the Rocky films, and put me in my place. <laughs> yeah, my my mother was similar actually. What what do you estimate the budget was to this film, Joel? Oof. Just trying to think how many different sets and stuff they used. Oh, they'd need a lot of money for the big stage at the end. And I assume that's a real crowd at the end? Yeah. Going to say 30 million? 30 excellent, Joel. $960,000. What? Under a million. You're kidding me. I'm deadly serious. Um, So, as I said, Stallone wrote this film in three days and wrote the role for himself. However, nobody wanted to cast Stallone because he was an unknown. He'd been in virtually nothing. Um, He was offered $250,000 for the film rights, um, which he turned down and like Sylvester Stallone has no money at this point he is poor he's a 20 something with nothing so he turns down this ridiculous amount of money because he wanted to be in the film he knew if he was in the film like he knows this character yeah so he got into contact with United Artists who produced this film who had a clause in their contract they could green light any film as long as the production budget was under a million dollars so they didn't have to get approval. They could just make it. At this point in Hollywood, it was, oh, yeah, if you can get it for a million, we'll make it. We're not expecting this to make money. But so this is basically a student film. Yeah, basically <laughs> a student film on steroids. This went on to gross over $230 million at the box office. Right then, into the plot. In 1975 the heavyweight boxing world champion Apollo Creed announces plans to hold a title bout in Philadelphia during the upcoming United States Bicentennial. However, he is informed five weeks from the fight date his scheduled opponent, Matt Lee Green, is unable to compete due to an injured hand. With all other potential replacements booked up or otherwise unavailable, Creed decides to spice things up by giving a local contender a chance to challenge him. So this kind of this plot summary glosses over all the intro stuff with uh, with Rocky. Yeah. Um. Um, but we have a long introduction to the character. Um, long introduction. Long, with a big um, long walking scene. This is, I feel, that perfect film that bridges the gap 
between old Hollywood and new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is quite similar to last week's film um, in the fact that scenes go on about five minutes longer than they need to. Yes. And you can edit this down, cut entire segments out, and it wouldn't impact the film at all. But then there is, you see the glimpses of more modern Hollywood and sort of filmmaking techniques. Doing this podcast, I always thought old films a lot slower, really slow starts. But it's not always, it's not always the case. Like To Catch a Thief last week had really fast start, 10 minutes, bang, 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 get the plot going. Uh, Casablanca had quite a quick, quick start, wasn't too elongated at all. Uh, and they're both older films than this. Yeah, I think there are exceptions to the rule. Mm. But I wonder if Casablanca and and most of what Hitchcock do are so revered and held up to such high standards because they were so different. And ahead of their time. And it was something different that people weren't expecting. And maybe that's why people like them so much. Because yeah, we've seen three films out of hundreds, if not thousands, that were produced over those years. And you never hear about the failures, do you? You only ever hear about the successes. True. Um, Very true. But there are a lot of long shots in this film. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, there are. Yeah. Um, Continuous shots. Yes. I mean by long shots, yeah. This is one of the first films that was shot with a newly invented Steadicam, um, which is what I think got it a lot of those long shots or running around shots and keeping it stable. Oh, that's interesting. I I think the depiction of Philadelphia as well is is not a uh, pleasant depiction of Philadelphia. Um, I'm sure it's nicer than that. But it it, it's, it does create great atmosphere in the film. Um, apart from the people singing around the bin fire. That uh, was unexpected and weird. Unexpected and weird. Um, that's Frank Stallone, who is Sylvester Stallone's brother. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, get ready for a lot of... Did you know, Joel's? Um <laughs> Most Sorry, of I Sylvester Stallone's family's in this. Um, circle back to how terrible every human being is in this film. Yeah. Oh, God, his friend Paulie. What? Oh, i got big, big, big issues with Paulie. Yeah. I've... You know those characters you love to hate? Yes. Like Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's acted so well... And it's like, oh, I, lo- I love seeing this character because they're so terrible, but I love them and I hate them. I don't love Paulie. I just hate Paulie. And I don't love yeah. to hate Paulie. I'm just like, why is he in this film? Who is this character? Why is he written this way? I don't know. I don't know if it is. It's so well done I that that's why I hate it. It's He's supposed to be a juxtaposition of Rocky. How he is at like he is quite intelligent, whereas Rocky's dumb. He's quite cruel, but Rocky's kind. But there is never a point when this character gets his comeuppance. No, and Rocky never stands up to him. 
which is in a, in a better film at times yeah rocky sits there and maybe it's sort of a commentary on rocky's this big hawking man but inside he's quite small and meek yeah but he just sits there while paulie just bullies adrian and adrian um <laughs> yeah and it's just it's awful to watch like it's not an enjoyable thing to watch in the slightest. It's uncomfortable. It's not Oh, nice. the turkey scene where he throws the turkey out the... Every, every scene he is in, with the exception of maybe one, I hate it. Truly, truly hate it he's and wanted to cut out of this somebody, film. He's probably somebody that still, Sylvester Stallone knows. And but like, then... Because that's what a lot of, especially young writers do. They take people they know and put them... And, or, like, people they grew up knowing. But he's written with such disdain. Mm. It's weird that he doesn't get a comeuppance. He doesn't get his just desserts, you know what I mean? Like, Well... He is fine and happy at the end. They're still it's not, it's friends. Not a, it's not a Disney movie, is it? It's not, but I feel like Rocky should have stood up to him. Yes, him oh, place. absolutely. Like The fact that they're still friends at the end is a bit... Mad. I'd have been fine I with mean... that if there had been one scene where he's like, don't talk to her like that, maybe you shoved yeah. him, and sort of he goes back into his... It becomes a little bit meeker around Rocky, do you know what I mean? As you yeah. see Rocky become this different character than he starts the film. Uh, do you like boxing? Uh... Yeah, I tend to watch highlights if there's like a big Anthony Joshua fight or Tyson Fury fight or Dante Wilder or something like that. Uh, I I wouldn't I don't know much about it. Yeah, for me, the boxing is the least interesting part of this film. Oh, well, I thought they did quite well for the time. Uh, yeah, as in, but I just don't care for it. Yeah, I wasn't. It's just I obviously don't understand boxing. Um, I don't watch boxing. So I don't know if there's a level of skill there that I'm not seeing. Um, similar to Whiplash with the drumming. I'm just watching two men stand in a ring and punch each other. Well, it's. I think that's that's the story of the boxing. Mm. Is that Rocky just takes the hits rather than tries to dodge. So that his opponent overextends to give an opening. I think that, that's the story that of the bouts that Rocky isn't very clever but he can take a punch and he'll you'll keep on going because so you have just contextualized it for me and now i appreciate it <laughs> because i didn't i didn't get that at all um not that the film didn't tell me that i just did not pick up on that <laughs> i citation i, I understand because I, I don't yeah, know much I, about boxing but no i think you you have the last part of this film i was a little bit confused because i was just sort of going is there a level of skill here that i'm missing sort of i got that one of the one of the boxers were going into it with like just to make a show basically um and then the other was rocky yeah um but you have yeah you've contextualized that very well for me and i i think i understand it if someone's a really top level boxer it's top level boxing is more about movement and feet, that's why they're talking about feet a lot in the film. Mm. Uh, it's more about being balanced, movement, not letting your opponent get shots on you. 
I think I now understand boxing. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it, but I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Right then. Creed selects Rocky Balboa, an Italian-American journeyman Southpaw boxer who fights primarily in small gyms and works as a collector for a loan shark on the basis of his nickname, the Italian Stallion. Rocky meets with promoter George Jurgens, having been told that Creed is seeking local sparring partners. Reluctant at first, Rocky eventually agrees to the fight, which will pay him $150,000. Rocky undergoes several weeks of unorthodox training, such as using sides of beef as punching bags. Right, the egg scene. (laughs) Just cook the bloody eggs. You don't need to eat them raw. Get a pan out. Put them in. Bit of salt. I think this is a commentary on the kind of character that Rocky is, though. I... If this scene had been Rocky cooking up some scrambled eggs... uh, No. I'm a man. I eat my eggs raw because I'm no frills and... I just want to get out there and train. That's what this is showing. But God, that made, it made me nice gag. English, Nice English muffin. Bit of ham. I wanted to throw up. Poached egg. I hated it. Bit of hollandaise sauce. It was awful. <laughs> and it's it Sylvester awful. Sloan doing it. Is that the first take? Is it the only take? How many times did he do it? I don't know. <laughs> I did think a funny little sting for our social media would be me recre- recreating that shot oh, for shot. If you want, you go for it. You said it on the and podcast thought, now. I'm not cutting this out. <laughs> That's going in. Look out for that on our Instagram. <laughs> Holy lordy. Oh, God. I mean, this plot summary is everywhere. Um, I'm trying to like trace my notes to figure out what well, I'm... A lot happens but not a lot happens i think that is a theme of this film i mean that leads perfectly into uh, this point i wrote down there's character development but then they repeat it and do the same thing over and over again exactly so it's like you get the setup because it's a two-hour film yeah and spoiler the last 40 minutes are a much better film than the first hour and ten it's like you've got these scenes where it's like you see that Rocky's a loan shark and goes to collect protection money. But then I think we see it two more times, like in the first hour. Yeah. And I'm like, those two other times have no impact on the plot whatsoever. Well, there's there's bits where, like, I, I mean, there's bits, it's snippet of life, really. And there's lots of unfired Chekhov's guns, I think. Like... The loan shark guy being unhappy that Rocky wasn't breaking people's fingers and he wasn't being hard enough on people. And then that never came back around. No, I was expecting there to be a sort of midpoint going into the final acts plot beat where the loan shark guy comes back and beats Rocky up for not doing his job. Or yeah. Something. And then Rocky's injured going into the fight or something or has to try and heal quickly. No, it's this is the issue. It's just character development over and over again. It doesn't go anywhere. And then this dodgy loan shark guy just gives Rocky five hundred pound, five hundred dollars. I mean, uh, for training. And I think, ooh, don't take that, Rocky. That'll come back to bite you. Yeah. That- no, apparently this loan shark 
who wants to break people's fingers, is the nicest character in this film. I mean, he said it himself. Don't think about it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you were expecting him to come back and be a baddie, and it just not. I mean, there isn't. There is not there a villain. A There's no villain in this film, is there? Apart from Paulie. Apart, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Horror movie Paulie. Oh. <laughs> I like the classic Hollywood trope as well. You've got the ugly girl with glasses. She takes them off. She's attractive. Yeah. And then doesn't wear glasses for the rest of the film, even though she needs them. Is she just walking around blind? Wow. If you have to pick between being good looking and blind, you know the choice, don't you? I mean, I wear glasses. Um... <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote down it. Every time I think it's going to do something, it does something completely different. Well, exactly. Like, in my head, because I knew about the beef. Punching bags. Yeah. That is and I, referenced so many times. I thought that was a more critical part. I thought he was going to get... After his argument with uh, Mick, I thought he was going to get thrown out of the boxing gym and then train unorthodoxly because he can't go into the, rock, the, into the gym. But he's in the gym the entire time. Yeah, so... So he goes into this meat locker with Paulie, doesn't he? Just for a conversation. Yeah. This is just where they've staged it. And I'm going, oh, here we go. He's going to go, oh, you can train here whenever you want. And then I think Paulie says something that really annoys Rocky. So Rocky just starts taking his aggression out on a dead cow or pig or whatever it is. And then the scene ends. It It doesn't show that he's training. And then later on, we get an interview with Rocky in the meat locker and he goes, oh yeah, Rocky's been training here on the meat. And I go, when? We didn't, we didn't see that. And then we get a training montage that shows him training on the meat. It's like weirdly out of order. And it's, and it gives no reason for training on the meat. It's trying to set up that he's training on the meat, but then it's not him training on the meat. He just takes his aggression out on some meat, then leaves. But it doesn't say, oh, it's better to train on the meat because it's more like a real person or something. But it, it they never say There's that or suggest that. No reason for it whatsoever because he's still got access to the gym. He never falls yeah. out with Mickey enough where he gets kicked out of the gym. The gym with proper equipment. It doesn't make sense. I enjoyed Apollo Creed in this film. So far, we haven't talked much about him so far. But... I liked him as a character. The fact that he wasn't taking this seriously. And he was the champ, but he was kind of training, but not really training. And he didn't really care too much. I thought he was a nice nice middle ground. And not really an antagonist, because Rocky never really goes after him so much. But, yeah, just quietly interesting character. I really, I really did like this portrayal by Carl Weathers. Yeah. Um, I really like the dialogue. I just really liked this character. Um, yeah, he's great. Rocky is later approached by Mickey Goldmill, a former banterweight fighter turned trainer whose gym Rocky frequents. 
about further training. Rocky is not willing initially, as Mickey has not shown much interest in helping him before, and saw him as a wasted talent. But eventually, Rocky accepts the offer. This whole bit is just kind of pointless conflict that doesn't do anything. Bit of history for Rocky, but that's it. Yeah, it, it's it's just there, isn't it? It's character building. <laughs> just there. It's just there. I don't think Mickey, apart from being a memorable character, has really any impact on him whatsoever. <coughs> He's just there. With his very, very destroyed voice box. Well, it's, it's Burgess Meredith, isn't it? Who played the Penguin in the original Batman yeah. TV series. Um, I've seen that, sure. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's just your classic over-the-hill older actor, isn't he? <laughs> over-the-hill. He's, he's, how old sales. is he? Yeah, he smokes 50 a day for 50 years. He's Yeah. His body's given up on him. <laughs> Right. Rocky begins to build a romantic relationship with Adrian. Adrian! A shy woman... (laughs) A shy woman who is working part-time at the J&M Tropical Fish Pet Shop. What a specific name. Adrian's brother and Rocky's best friend, Paulie, helps Rocky get a date with his sister and offers to work as a corner man with him for the fight. Paulie becomes jealous of Rocky's success, but Rocky placates him by agreeing to advertise the meatpacking business where Paulie works as part of the upcoming fight. Rocky trains extensively for the championship fights, but the night before the match, he revisits the Philadelphia Spectrum and begins to lose confidence. He confesses to Adrian that he does not believe he can win but strives to go the distance against Creed, which no other fighter has done to prove himself to everyone. Let's talk about Rocky and Adrian. Adrian! Adrian! Oh. Oh, that scene where they go on a date. Oh, God. I've I've met people, mm. like a bit like Rocky, who are really into their sport, and they try and chat up girls about telling them about their training routine. Um, and it is tragic. <laughs> yeah, oh. I can really relate to Adrian in these scenes. Adrian, I um, I really warmed to Rocky during these scenes, and then I didn't with the apartment scene. I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I I think I I think I just put it down to bad writing, and I. Just kind of forgot about that so I could continue enjoying the Rocky film and continue liking Rocky. I just kind of put that aside. Yeah. And forgot about it. But basically... Big, big, Big lesson on consent. Yes. Rocky insisting that Adrian comes into his flat, locking the door behind him, which is probably because it's in Philadelphia and it's in a rough part of town and you don't leave the door unlocked or something. But I mean, he's in there, but locking the door behind and then pinning the door closed until she kisses him is bordering on the creepier side of romantic. 
<laughs> you it, by simply changing the music in this scene, it becomes a scene from a horror film. Yeah, that's it, such it, a good point. <laughs> he's this big domineering figure she that literally well. forces oh. her into a corner. Arms either side, giant arms. Holds her down basically. It's awful to watch. Uh, yeah, it's not. In the, it's clearly meant to be there to be like persistence pays off. But well, if, it's, any, it's if, how if we've learned anything it. in the yeah, if we'd learned anything in the past fifty years, no means no. Do you know what I mean? I think it would have been slightly different if she'd made a clear. Well, it would, it's still unacceptable, but it would have been different if she had made it clear that basically. It, the, there's a difference between she didn't want to and feel she shouldn't. There is a difference there. And I think it's assuming that she feels she shouldn't and she does want to, but that's never made clear. Up to this point in the film, we haven't seen that Adrian likes Rocky at all. No. And is doing any of this under her own free will. It's poorly forcing her to go on this date. Paulie's trying to set them up. Rocky is trying to make Paulie make her fall in love with him, and it is it's a it's a horror movie. <laughs> it's a horror movie with different music. Yeah, he goes to see her every day with the at the pet shop. It, it's clearly meant to be rom commy, but it's and stalkery. it is stalkery mm. and it that's a fine line to tread when you're writing and i feel unfortunately for sylvester sloan he gets a lot of stuff right but he gets this completely wrong and i hope if i watch the other films this is rectified yeah because it gets better towards the end i i, I will say um when she does start to actually show that she's interested in him and yeah it becomes him. quite a sweet relationship but, but when she's literally <laughs> fighting it with every ounce of her body you're going why am i watching this this isn't good uh, i think this final act is set up really nicely uh basically this is rocky's chance if he just goes down in the first round or first two rounds or it's a joke fight He's never got a chance to become professional. Whereas if he can make a good showing of himself, then he can build his himself a career. It's, Which I suppose is just like Sylvester Stallone making this film. It's your classic underdog rags to riches story, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. written them off and they're given a chance. It's may, Maybe this is one of the first films to do it. Um, it's surely not. I, I think in this capacity, I think a lot of sports movies since where you've got this sort of written off character, I think it probably comes yeah. from this film. Um, I think this is probably one of the, the first book, the one that everyone copies, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this second half of the film is a lot better than the first half. Um, it's far more concise, isn't it? It just moves it at a nice beat. It it's yeah. we've already been established to all the characters and 
50 times. This is where the plot starts properly. You get some of that iconic imagery. You get the training montage with that music. Oh, the music. Oh, it's brilliant. And how, what, With such a tiny budget, how did they produce some of the most iconic music of all time? It's, Music's not cheap. Well, you say that, it's, it's, only, it's the same song. Just slow down. To get it's Rocky's theme. That is, do you know what I mean? Rocky's gonna fly. That's the lyrics. Yeah. The, without without this song, without this music, this film isn't as good. No. Um, of course not. And without this training montage, the training montage to end end all training montages. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's it's set up perfectly earlier on in the film when Rocky can't run up the stairs, and then you just. Oh, music's crescendo in, up he runs, fists in the air, what an image that is. The most iconic image from these films, surely. I think it does benefit as well from, we've had this slow build-up of the character of Rocky with a few blips here and there, but by this point I've really warmed to Rocky. I didn't expect them to make him so dumb in this. I mean, you but say them. It, it it's makes him Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, but he is very endearing, and I think there's bits where he does have this anger. He's very angry person, but he'd never take it out on anybody. Uh, bits like that that really shape this wonderful character. Yeah. Um, who doesn't stand up very gin? Minor point. Uh, this is my issue important. with it yeah. yeah you feel like this character would... if you remove adrian from the story <laughs> he's a lovely character but then his relationship with adrian's lovely it's just he doesn't stand up for I, li- I like it in the latter half probably. of the film and yeah. not the beginning of the film and it it's annoying that if it had had like a rewrite this could have been ironed out and you could have gone uh, do you want to look at that first date of theirs? Because ooh, it's creepy. Yeah, um, it's bad. But getting back to it, I think at this point I've built up such a relationship with the character. And I knew with Rocky films and Creed films and so forth, one thing I did know about them is he doesn't always win. And at this point I was going, come on, Rocky. Come on. It was giving me that sports feeling. Like when I'm watching England rugby and I want them to win. A good sports film, you need to not know if they're going to win or not. It can't be like a given. It's not a fairy tale story. Sports, even the best win teams lose sometimes, uh, and sports isn't the same if you know the score, if you know the outcome. I was so behind the character right now, quite emotively behind the character. I think this is where this film reaches excellence and where it totally deserves to be on the top films of all time. It's is you emotionally connect with the character and it feels like Rocky's your sports team. I know you're not too into sports, so you don't have that feeling so much. But no, I... uh, I'm i quite into rugby and F1. And yeah, it, I got that feeling that I get from those sports in this. But as someone who doesn't watch sports, I am fully behind Rocky at this point. I am, yeah. even though I am stood there watching two men punch each other, I'm just, I'm like, knock him down, Rocky. Just do it. Like <laughs> On New Year's Day, 
The fight is held, with Creed making a dramatic entrance dressed as George Washington and then Uncle Sam. Taking advantage of his overconfidence, Rocky knocks him down in the first round. The first time that Creed has ever been knocked down. Humbled and worried, Creed takes Rocky more seriously for the rest of the fight, though his ego never fully fades. The fight goes on for the full 15 rounds, with both combatants sustaining various injuries. Rocky, with hits to his head and swollen eyes, requires his right eyelid to be cut to restore his vision. Apollo, with internal bleeding and a broken rib, struggles to breathe. As the fight concludes, Creed's superior skill is countered by Rocky's apparently unlimited ability to absorb punches and his dogged refusal to go down. As the final bell sounds, with both fighters embracing each other, they promise each other there'll be no rematch. I thought the fight was surprisingly good. I think Rocky took a few too many punches to the face. (laughs) I mean, we saw Rocky get punched in the face like 60 times. He could have dodged a few of them. But what I do like is you can see the impact that every one of those 60 punches has. Yeah. In other films, they get punched. Someone gets absolutely clattered around the face and they're fine. There isn't swelling yeah. and you go, mm, okay, this like Rocky is messed up, <laughs> like majorly messed up. And I'm stood there going, good Lord, man. Like, yeah. and it makes you, it gets you get behind him a little bit more because you're you like, do, you, you are do. messed up and I don't want to be in that situation. So the actual fight itself. Yeah. I thought it had a good storyline to it. I like it when action scenes have story. Uh, with him being going all the the rounds, basically having hope that he was going to win, then realizing he isn't going to win. Um, but then last no round. Apart from that, not a lot happens. It's just this bit. It's just boxing, isn't it? It's it's, it's, it's quite fun to watch. Fifteen minutes of a boxing match. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just get to watch Rocky get messed up. After the fight, the sportscasters and the audience go wild. Jurgens announced over the loudspeaker that the fight was the greatest exhibition of guts and stamina in the history of the ring. And Rocky calls out repeatedly for Adrian! 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 <laughs> for like a really long time. <laughs> Adrian! Oh. Um, <laughs> who runs down and poorly distracts the security to help her get into the ring. As Jürgens declares that Creed is the winner by virtue of a split decision, Rocky and Adrian embrace and profess their love to each other, not caring about the outcome of the fight. You know what? Fair play. I got I got goosebumps in this bit. Yeah, it was a great ending. It was, it was an abrupt ending, I'll say that, and the fight was not a split decision. Shouldn't be if you know anything about boxing. Creed oh, massively outboxed mm. uh, Rocky. Um, I suppose Rocky got a knockdown, but then he lost like every other round apart from that. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked Adrian running on. I'd, I mean, why Adrian didn't have front row seats? I mean, Rocky was fighting in the fight. Yeah, I wrote, she's searching for Rocky. He's clearly only going to be in one place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair play. Oh, oh, hang on, it's a callback. She's not wearing her glasses. 
she doesn't know where she is. Oh, she can't see. She's probably been oh. staring into a corner, just clapping, going, oh, he's boxing much. He's great. As far as she knows, he's won. Yeah. <laughs> he did, she well, she's not deaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's goosebumps. Is Paulie letting her into the ring? There's, Is that his redemption? There's not, there's not, it doesn't matter if she's deaf or not. There's not live commentary in the ring. That's only on I don't know that. <laughs> Are you telling me you, you don't know what's you going go, on? You, yeah, when you go to a sports match, you don't get commentary played into the into the stadium. Oh, stop it! So you just got to sit there and not. But you're far away. How do you know he's got the ball? You can see. Oh, you're closer than you think. Not if I'm Adrian and not wearing my glasses. <laughs> yeah, not if you're Adrian. Not yeah. if I'm trying to look gorgeous. <laughs> She's not deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. That's the most wonderful, wonderfully ignorant thing you've ever said. (laughs) That's that's me. Uh, Uh, Right. (laughs) The ending is, for this film, perfect. There is nothing else they could have done. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Simple. It's not bad. Not bad at all. I think this film is too long, though. It, it, it is too long to get to the next. I think I got swept up in the end of it. But I feel like you could easily cut 30 minutes from this film. Oh, easy, if not more. And while you may lose some it air could have been a solid hour and yeah, 20. You, you might lose some character development. I don't think it's important. You'd have the exact yeah. same input. Like, no one's watching this film for the Rocky Pauly relationship. That can go. Nope. Cut that. Cut him out. Um, and I dare say cutting Pauly out would make this film better. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. He's, why why so is he Adrian there? To make Adrian it. unlovable? Make her look pathetic? Like Rocky's settling yeah, for her? Yeah, pretty much. Is that the point? He's just demeaning Adrian. I, um, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Cut him out. I don't want him in there. Nah. Adrian deserves better. I like this film more than I should. Yeah. It's got a bunch of flaws. But I still... Like, even whilst watching it, I was like... There's so much wrong with this film. But I really like it. It's a guilty pleasure, isn't it? It is a guilty pleasure film. It's, after a first watch, already become a guilty pleasure... But it's not a perfect film. No. Not by a long way. So scores on the doors. 7.5. Ooh. I'm going to give it a 7.9. Okay. Okay. Fair. I think it's just off of an 8. Yeah, I would not say it's an 8. But I think if you'd removed half an hour, it'd be an 8.5. I agree with you there. Fix the flaws and you've got a... Pretty close World to perfect film. film. Yeah. It's still one of my favourite films I've watched in the podcast. Easily. Absolutely a film you have to see. Yes. Absolutely. It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, Joel. Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Score and Best Sound. And it won three of them for Best Picture, Best Director and Best Editing. And in 2006... The Library of Congress selected Rocky for 
for preservation in the United States National Film Registry for being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. Nice. Deservedly. And it was followed by five sequels and three spin-offs slash sequels. Which I look forward to watching. So tune in for the next eight weeks. <laughs> no, there's a new Wes Anderson film coming out. So should we do a uh, Wes Anderson movie for the first time? Yeah, shall we? Should we do Grand Budapest Hotel? It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, next week. Let's watch the Grand Budapest Hotel. See you next week. Adrian! Adrian! Best outro ever. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the 1001 Movies We Have Not Seen podcast. You can subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice or follow us on Insta at 1001 Movies Not Seen Pod. We have new episodes every Thursday. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Adrian! Adrian!